Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Apocalypse Movies and the Fandalorian Club, our little Star Wars review show on this corner of the galaxy. My name is Jake Berlin, uh, and I'm joined, as always, with Mr. Brian Avalicino. Brian, it's hump day. It's Wednesday. How you doing today? Freaking freezing here down in the Bay Area. It is like 50 degrees. Cold up here. I'm not having it. Northern <laughs> California as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, doing fine. Just, it's weird seeing rain. Not used to it. Nice. But it's freaking cold. <laughs> so It's been cold. It's definitely been cold. Uh, the past couple of days, it's the first time I've been able to see my breath, which is really nice. Mm. Um, and, yeah, we got some rain yesterday. We were supposed to get some today, but it's actually a little sunnier today, which is nice. Um, we got the rain today. We got a lot of it yesterday. It was like it was it was dumping pretty heavily yesterday, um, but no. So I mean, look, we're all we're all good here. California's been good so far, and we are here to uh, continue our conversation with Andor. Uh, we are on to episode nine. I love having more than like six episodes to talk about. Um, it feels like an actual television show. Like not that the others don't feel like a television show, but. Um, you know, having the 12 episode run just feels like an old school television show. So I really, really do enjoy it. Um, and the story's getting real meaty. Some things have been happening. Very exciting stuff's been going on. Uh, we got a fantastic episode today um, titled Nobody's Listening, which is uh, a great, great kind of connection to what this episode is all about, but also a great callback to Rogue One. Um, there was a line in Rogue One of Nobody's Listening. Um, or they're listening now, I think is what they say in Rogue One. Uh, but Brian, quick thoughts here before we dive into some specifics. What did you think about episode nine of Andor? It's great. It's been one long movie and it's just so good. It's just so good. Like it's it's so dark too. Like it is arguably the least hopeful star wars has ever been yes i well so i mean i know the general theme of star wars is, uh, always has like a little bit of hope this show doesn't seem to have <laughs> that that much like it's it's dark and i kind of dig it because it just is so different and the characters are always so serious there's like no lighthearted really that much so it's a big change of pace and i'm kind of digging it pretty hard not gonna lie well yeah i mean i think we've, we've both been on record basically saying that this is our favorite thing in star wars in quite a while um you know i think especially since like disney's gotten a hold of it as far as the Television and, and movie side of it, not comics, books, include all that stuff for a moment. Um, it's giving us a different perspective. I think we talked about it either last week or the week before. But we've always had this certain perception of the Empire, right? And uh, I've seen a lot of people use, and over time, use the whole, there are these really quirky, mustachy, twirly villains who kind of come off. Because we're always seeing like the higher ups, right? We're always seeing the kind of guys who are in charge or aren't really in the trenches, but now we're seeing the people who are kind of in the trenches, like 
they're not necessarily holding the weapons, but the ISB is the group of the Empire that really get their they get their hands dirty. Like they are the aggressors in most of the situations. And I think I think it was Bix that said this set this episode. She had that response of like, oh, you're ISB. Like she had that one line of basically saying, oh, you're ISB. And it, like for those people who don't recognize what the ISB is, making sure they know like, oh, these people mean business. Like they are the real deal. They're not the people who are just sitting behind a dashboard or on, on a you know conference table making decisions. They are the people who legit get things done. Um, and not just to that, but we're also seeing them like do incredibly, you mentioned a dark, bleak, aggressive like just brutal things in multiple different facets um a lot of the stuff in the prison obviously but stuff outside the prison obviously the torture with bix was very hard to watch i don't know if you had if you struggle with that just that the whole idea of going through what she just went through is and thinking about that like trying to imagine and put myself in her situation uh it's understandable as to why she would give things up like she did after going through what she just went through um you can't get mad at someone for giving up things after experiencing what she just experienced so um yeah man it's it's like you never really want to watch dark things because they always put you in like this very strange headspace right you experience things that you don't want to experience you kind of watch things that you don't want to see on screen but at the same time it makes for an incredibly complex and powerful show with incredibly well-done characters the story is so tight knit that it just it feels like you keep mentioning it. It just feels like a film. It feels mm-hmm. like it's done on an epic scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to watch dark things. But like this is something we needed. It's weird to say because when we talk about palate cleansers, right, we always talk about like the lighthearted, fun, more kind of like wondrous things. But when it comes to Star Wars late, like lately, this is a great palate cleanser away from like the fan service, bright, happy day, old school Star Wars stuff. They're like, okay, we need to give you this. We've never given you this. Let's give you this. It's 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 a breath of fresh air, really, because we've never experienced Star Wars like this before. It's really fun to watch each week. Yeah, I dig it. It's the characters are so well done in this show. So well done. There's like not a single one that you're just like, yeah, I could do without that character. Like there's, I mean, I can do without Cyril, but that guy's just a douchebag. Let's be honest. Yeah. But even Cyril is like, I mean, he's not the level of a hatred of a Joffrey, but it's a character that you find yourself hating because the actor is doing such a good job portraying that stalker role. Yeah. Like he, with Cyril, it's just like that, like annoying, just like not wannabe, but I mean, I guess kind of wannabe. He's like, a poser. Like, he's a poser. Yeah. Like he's just that. Or he's a, no, that, not a poser. He's a fanboy. Put it that way. He's a fanboy. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I mean, so he's just that good. Like, this is one of the first times where I'm not like, I'm, I like the bad guy because they're just so bad, but like, I don't like what they're doing. Like, you know, it's like Thrawn. You're like, I just love Thrawn because he's just a great villain. But like Deidre is just like, you're just like, 
damn, she is ruthless. And you're like, she's a great villain, but I'm not rooting for her. Like she's, she's playing this villain so well, but I'm not sitting there like, yeah, go bad guys. Like she's just, she's Denise Goff. Denise Goff is excelling at playing this character. She is doing such a fantastic job at, so we've talked about leading up to this episode about like how much we're enjoying the character of Deidre and seeing that side of things from the empire. We talked last week, how we've never really seen in live action, a strong female, like executive Imperial member um, be in the forefront. And man, is she showing up? Like she is, she is putting, and this week specific, like, like I think we've experienced her to a great length, uh, the eight previous episodes, but this almost felt like it was her coming out party. Like we got to really see her dive into what this character really is and how like vicious and and uh, brutal and just absolutely destructive that this character can be if she's given the opportunity to do so. Um, like when she, she was might... talking to Bix, like I, that stuff say, is. Go ahead. Finish. Finish. No, no, no. no go ahead. I, I lost my train of thought while you were talking. So sorry. I was just gonna say. <laughs> She she might be <clears throat> one of the most ruthless Star Wars villains we've seen in a while. Like as far as Imperials go, yes. yes. Like I I mean, I'm struggling like the way she is playing her, how she's just like in her face and stuff mm-hmm. like that and the way she talks to her or just anyone and just like She's so precise in everything. Like, it's like it, she's the definition of what an imperial officer looks like. Yeah, when, she's like, like when when I try to explain the empire, or if you're to explain the empire to someone who has no idea what Star Wars is, which is so crazy thinking about because there's probably no one out there that actually does that. But and you try to say like they're the bad guys, they're this, this, and this, and this. Like Deidre is a perfect example. Because yeah. she's not like this jokey type of villain. And she doesn't like we haven't seen her make mistakes anyway. But she is so crossing T's, dotting I's, checking every corner, checking behind every building, like all that type of stuff. She's not making mistakes right now. And she's what the Empire is kind of. It's funny because the Empire has always been like a joke, right? It's always been they've they've yeah. always been ruthless. Like they've always been like very powerful. They have they have the manpower, they have the weapons, etc. But they always seem to make mistakes, or you know, the just obviously the stormtroopers they can't shoot, etc. She is what the Empire should strive to be. Every single person, like she has the drive, she has the motive. Um, she's not afraid to get her hands dirty. Uh, she clearly is full-blooded empire. And if every Imperial member was like her, there's no way they ever would have lost. No way they ever would have lost. Because she is, without a doubt, the most tight-knit Imperial member that we've seen in a long time. Like, a long time. Yeah, I mean, she... She is the type of character that makes the Empire actually feel like a threat. Like, it was like... Mm-hmm. I mean... 
even when Tarkin like blows up Alderaan, you're like, oh no, like the people of Alderaan, like you're just like, oh, that's bad. But like, you're still just kind of like, okay, you're continuing with the story. But like, she makes you feel like you're like, like they're just like this ruthless, horrible, like, yeah, yeah, it's there's no like lightheartedness of oh the empire like they're oh the stupid stormtroopers always missing like there's none of that it's like no they're efficient they are brutal and they there's a reason they held a chokehold on the galaxy for x amount of years like it's basically 30 years yeah yeah it's it's kind of needed in a way to establish like how bad the empire was like if you were watching this and like you weren't casual you were maybe like casual you're just kind of like oh the empire like they're the bad guys but now you're actually seeing like yeah they are bad guys like they're not doing good things like i think the thing that made me like realize just how ruthless she is is like when she uh they said they captured that pilot and whatever she's like just kill him and throw him the ship in the ship and throw him out there and make it i was like yep oh my god like oh yeah that's that's why i was was mentioning how like how ruthless the isb is like they seem like they're the ones who are doing the dirtiest of the dirty work yeah it was just like holy crap like you've never heard like star wars just be like kill him, throw him in his ship, toss him into the galaxy and they'll find him and blah, blah, blah. It was just like, oh, damn. Like, it's why, I love it. Because it's just like, it gives you that sense of like, this is why it was so desperate and dire for there to be a rebellion to like stand up against these people because it was not, comfortable living under their reign clearly now like seeing this so it's i know we a lot of times harp like get out of this era but like this is this is a needed type of thing to show like how bad it was and why there needed to be this room if they were all like this with a death star no one would ever have stood a chance no like it's it's Mm -mm. it's crazy to even think about so it's it's nice to see like this certain sector of just ruthless people that are just the cause of why it was so important to have a rebellion because you just oh they're the the tyrannical government like of course there's going to be rebellion no they were there's they are needed they're legit just killing people for and and putting people in prison for not six months but six years and just legit putting a chokehold on the entire galaxy like you mentioned earlier yeah i mean killing the the pilot throwing him into the cockpit and just tossing back out there (laughs) the stuff that uh scared me um the stuff about the uh the prison them just wiping out a whole entire floor of people like it's just like oh my god like it's 
it's wild. It's absolutely wild. Like hearing these things and it just makes them seem that much more deadly when you go and like look back at some of this old movies or TV and stuff like that. So no, I, I, agree I, I think it's brilliant. I agree with you. I think it was a perfect, they're, they're the perfect foil for this type of story when it comes to Andor um, or just in general to be a part of the storyline. Cause like to an extent at this moment, anyway, outside of Cyril in a few moments here and there, they haven't really come into contact with Andor and what is happening over there? I'm trying to put my charger in and I knocked over the freaking lamp. Yeah, now we're good. <laughs> um, Unless you want to talk by yourself for a while. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. I mean, okay. I, I'm happy to talk about myself, but you know. Okay. Um, uh, they're, they're a perfect foil for this type of story. Uh, and, and they haven't come into contact with Andor directly. You know, Cyril has a couple of times. He's ran into a couple of times. But we're seeing... I mean, we've mentioned them, talked about it enough, but we're just, it's its a cool perspective to see from their side of things. And we know that all of it's going to come back together at some point, whether that's this season, next season. Um, it almost like it's a terrible way of explaining the ISB, but they kind of just feel like the ultimate space cops. Um, whereas they're, they're basically in charge of every planet and they have people uh, delegated to each planet and sector quadrant whatever and those people are in charge of those areas and if something happens they report back it's very detective uh you know new york city's type of cop, cop thing just in space um yeah. and it's a terrible way of explaining it but space cops is a really good way to explain to someone who may have no idea what we're talking about they're just really good at their jobs they're just clearly really yeah. really good at their jobs it's it's funny because i tend to think like if they did like a show like this where it's like <clears throat> these people have a grip over like Lothal, where it they had like that rebellion with Cham and stuff like that. That would be something that like I would totally watch if it was something like this, because it's like it gives you a reason to see like why the Cham had resorted in violence and stuff like that type thing, because that you hear in the books and uh, it it's it's something you hear a lot of like from like the books and the comics like how bad they were uh oh yes what am i saying lothal yeah ryloth thank you andy um but uh, well so i i thought you meant lothal and i totally looked over the champ thing because rebels is obviously lothal yeah and, no. and then champ. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I meant Riley. I, I should have caught that as well. My bad. My no, bad. you're fine. Um, but just like, I mean, you see a lot of these things in the comics where they're just like so evil or the books where they're, they've sieged this planet and are just ruining it through like control and stuff like that. And that's kind of what's happening with Ferrix a little bit. Like they're just, they seem to be hunkering down on Ferrix and just not letting these people move an inch. And so it, it's, I'd be, in, I would like to see kind of like some type of like a show maybe that is kind of like this, where they're standing up to these type of people, but an alien species, I think it'd be kind of cool to see. 
but that'd probably have to be animated because of the cost. I know that's the only stuff, bummer, which sucks yeah. about it. But you know, like, um, can you imagine if it was like a Ryloth type show where it's like like them just like trying to go up against them? Like, I mean, not not a Ryloth yeah. type show. Give give me Ryloth with yeah, Sam exactly. Sandula. Like that's all I need. That's literally yeah. the story that you can tell. It'd be it'd be dope. I, I I'm digging this like gritty dark like political spy thriller type thing that we're getting it's very much different with no lightsabers no force not needed it's not needed it's 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 the and that's another reason we can be super thankful for this show is it's it's showing the general public that you don't need lightsabers in star wars yeah right and like if you have a great story Mandalorian did that for a long time up until we saw the Luke Skywalkers, the the temples, the, you know, the Ahsokas. And and I'm not against that whatsoever because he's running into certain people at certain times. And that's what the story is all about. But the Mandalorian, a lot of its good episodes were episodes where he was dealing with stuff with Mandalore or doing bounties and stuff that didn't include lightsabers. And that's what it seems like season three is getting back to. And that's what this show is doing a really good job of. Um Okay, so outside of ISB and Deidre, let's talk about Andor in the prison because this is kind of a big deal. There's some major things happening at this prison. Um, and this is definitely the most excited I've been going into a next episode. Uh, those last moments of this this episode got me like really excited to see what's coming next because obviously it's setting up like we're, we're about to see a full-blown prison break is essentially yeah. is what's happening. Um, and this did a much better job of setting it up than I think the Aldani stuff did like the, the episode before the Aldani break, it was good. Like it was setting it up. They were walking towards the, they were walking towards the uh, fortress and everything, but it didn't get me like as amped up as this did because the tensions are high right now. Like things are happening. People are dying. They just lost one of their coworkers. Um, they basically euthanized him. I saw someone use that or that, that reference yeah. earlier. They euthanized him. Uh, and just let him die, which is a crazy thing to think about. Um, and after trying and trying and trying, Cassian finally pushes uh, his name is Kino. I always forget his name. Uh, it's Andy Circus's character, Kino. He finally got Kino to explain what's going on, that there's 12, no more than 12 guards at a post um, or at a time. And it looks like next episode is going to be a full out brawl. I'm psyched. I'm hyped. I can't wait to see it. People are going to die. It's going to be bad. But Brian, your thoughts on everything that happened with the prison this episode? I thought it was done very, very well, um, especially in the stages that it was told. The tension really never, never really left either. Uh, you can always kind of feel like that, that just like motor running the entire time. Um, how did you think about all that setup now that we're headed into the official prison break next episode? It's, it was so like you felt like you were almost like kind of holding your breath at times Mm -hmm. uh i mean it's something so different i mean we're used to stormtroopers walking around with guns or people with staffs that have electricity coming out of your so to have this place where it's like there's no weapons because it's so efficient in, I mean, 
controlling people that it creates a new level of like, oh, mm-hmm. like you're like, this is kind of bad. And then you hear uh, that a whole entire floor got killed because of uh, someone finding out that they don't let them leave. They just move them to another floor. It's well, like, yeah, they someone someone got moved to another floor and the word got out like which I don't know how it got out now if it's been happening. Well, so his but... prison set. I mean, his prison sentence was up, and oh, I get to go home now. We're gonna keep you. You're just getting moved to a different floor. But I mean, I guess, I mean, maybe the floor change wasn't far enough from the last one. It the rumor got spread out, but like, and it's just like there. But don't you think like say say like ten years ago, say this whole prison was the same thing. Everything was happening the same way. Prisoners weren't actually getting off. Don't you think someone, if they had been transferred, like their their time was up, they were leaving, but they actually only got transferred. Don't you think they would have said something? Or do you Not think they're pulling the like, a mind, like a men in black mind wipe thing or something? I think it's the level of fear with that floor that people probably aren't saying anything. And maybe this may or may not be a newer thing because of that switch in law. That's maybe maybe this was like a once that like law switched in, they just started this. Um, yeah, oh, like Andy, Andy, just, Andy said. just said it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, oh, yeah, we're just kill the whole entire floor. We'll just get new people like it's Well, like, and that, again, that's that's showing to the what we were talking about earlier with the Empire that, you know, to them. Anybody can be a prisoner. Anybody who's not Empire or part of the Empire can be a prisoner. Prisoner, and they're happy just killing. Let's say, what do you think? Are, how many people are in a, in a on a floor? Hundred people. Yeah, that's how I, was, I figured. Like about hundred. Just a, I'll throw a random number. There's probably a lot more, but just on a ra- on a random number. Let's say there's hundred people on the floor. They could probably easily find a hundred more people to arrest for no freaking reason, just like they did Andor. Well, and then there's that line that they drop. Um... I don't know the exact line, but it was uh, why hire droids when workers are cheaper. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, no, because uh, Andor been... said it. And I think Andor, I think Cassian said it. he says, uh, droid, dro- uh, we're cheaper than droid labor or something like that. Yeah. I and think Cassian said it. Yeah. Basically implying that it's more expensive to buy droids or make droids than it is to just, mm-hmm. I mean, like, look, mm-hmm. he literally was standing around on the beach and they just six years and then it's him. a life. Yeah, it's a life sentence because they're not letting him leave. It's just yeah. like, jeez, like, it's brutal. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Andy Circus is. Just, I when I first saw him, I was just like, okay, like here's your love him. I love cameo, him. cameo person, and then you're love just like him. You forget how freaking good he is at everything he does, and you're just like enthralled by any type. of time he talks and then you just see him 12 on the floor each floor and you're just like oh baby that line that line it gets you so pumped up man like because you know it's picking up right where right where it's gonna leave uh where it left off and you know it it could take a little time to plan with some of the others help but it it gets you hyped up for what's coming and speaking of andy circus like most of the time and most people only recognize him as his motion capture motion captured characters Gollum, caesar snoke um but 
cannot forget this dude is an incredible actor. Like yeah. there's a reason why those characters are synonymous with movie characters throughout history. Like Gollum, maybe not the single most popular character of the Lord of the Rings franchise, but he is one of the pillars of that entire franchise because he's able to keep coming around via performance because he was able to be pushed thrown by Andy Serkis. Same thing with Caesar. The reason why those three movies are as great as they are is because Andy Serkis absolutely killed it as an ape. And, you know, we didn't get enough of Snoke, obviously, but uh, his performance as Snoke was incredible for the time that we did see him. And, and when we're able to see him just as his face, we cannot forget how good this guy really is. Like the, 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 the way that he is able to express himself and in this specific role too of, you know, the guy who's trying to keep everyone in line while trying to serve his own sentence. Um, but also like, it's clear that he's thought about things a lot, but he can't do it because all he wants to do is serve his sentence. That's all he wants. But the second that he hears that that's not how it's going, game over. Like yeah. absolute game over. I'm all for this and or let's do this. It's going down. And I think pairing Diego Luna with Andy Serkis for the next episode and maybe a couple other guys is going to be awesome. I don't know if he makes it out. I would probably say not. Um, I, 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 it's, it's hard to, pr- it's hard to think that Cassian and at least like one more person is going to make it out from the characters that we've met in his group. Well, we know um, that that one guy makes it out. Yeah, because someone had to deep dive on Star Wars and learn that he was part of the Rogue One group in, in Rogue in One. So, um, which is fine. I mean, that's that's fine. It's a cool connection for us to learn now. It's not like we would have learned it in the show anyway. It's um, not like that guy's at, important at this point in our. Yeah, he's just an extra body at, in the Rogue One group that goes to Scarif, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's hard to think of anyone past those two actually making it out of the prison, you know, like, I don't know, but yeah, I don't see any circus making it out. I think it's going to be, maybe he sacrifices himself. I don't know, but I think the dude gets wiped, gets wiped out of existence next episode. (laughs) This episode is going to be fantastic. There's only three more left too, but we've had nine already. Like I know, but it's so good. It's like, it's so it, funny. Brian, it's because... basically been three months, which is wild to think about. I know. It's just, it's so funny because I remember when we were at Celebration and they said, oh, Andor's going to be a total of 24 episodes. You're like, what the f- are they going to do for 24 episodes with this this character story? Like, Andor's getting the most Chef's episodes? Kiss. Chef's like, kiss. It was just like, I remember it just being like shocking. That It was like, that is more than two seasons of Mandalorian like and you're giving it to Cassie and Andor like of all things and then you see this actually Brian actually Brian two Andor seasons is equal to three Mandalorian seasons exactly eight episodes each it's just like think about that that's wild it's mind-blowing because you're sitting here going crap I don't want it to end but you've already had more episodes than a first season of Mandalorian. We have 16 episodes of Andor left, Brian. Think of it that way. Yeah. 15, 15, sorry, 15. It's wild because it's just so good. And I I say it multiple times, every single Mandalorian club, but it's literally a movie. Like this started pretty much exactly where 
the last episode ended. Like, I'm pretty sure the door closed of Deidre and Bix, and then they oh, yeah. opened. Yeah, good like, call. And then this yeah. episode literally started yeah. in that room. So, like, by the end of this, you're just going to have one ginormous movie. Like, it's so incredible. Some, someone's going to do a supercut of Rogue oh. One and Andor and make it like a. Oh God, I don't even know how long that would be. It'd be a would be such a long movie. It'd be like a twenty. And they're hour not movie cheap lo- little short episodes. No. They're solid length episodes. Like 45- they're 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 solid TV. Yeah, they're solid TV. 40, 45 minute long episodes. Yeah. yeah. I, it's funny because I've my friend only watched like the first three. And I told him I was like, just stop at this point and wait till the whole season's done and just binge the whole thing straight. Cause I'm like, at this point, you might as well. And you're yeah. just going to be like, holy shit, that was just like a really long movie because and that's how it feels. It's it's incredible what they're doing with the show. And it makes me very excited for like future things that I'm hoping they will do. I don't know if Acolyte is using uh, the, um, volume. the volume. I I hope. I would love to see them do like the acolyte kind of like this style with the practical and stuff like that. It's depends on what they're telling. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's obviously going to probably have more force type stuff into it, but like give me more of this ground warfare type stuff or just, or maybe like, you know, you know what the perfect story is for that, Brian? I don't know. It's not necessarily war, but ground ground type of story. Doctor Afra. Oh, that that show. I'm, I'm just gonna still... I'm just gonna keep mentioning it over and over again until Disney hears me. That's all. It, it makes no sense that why they haven't done that show yet. It's that, I'm telling you, you, they're waiting for Indy Five to release until they do it. That's probably. I'm telling you. But it's just I'm blown away by this show. From what I just remember being like sweet nandor show and then hearing 24 episodes you're like what are they doing 24 episodes were and then seeing what they did it's like god we're if you were ever questioning this show and seeing what they're doing it's i I haven't heard someone say a bad thing about this show no i've everything that i've read on social media uh the very few reviews that i watch you know which have multiple guests on them um and even some stuff that I that I you know read in like articles and stuff, just kind of picking some stuff up here and there. There hasn't really been anybody who's been anything below like, oh, it's good. Everyone seems to be it's good to it's great to it's perfect. Um, I haven't really seen anybody see say that, you know, it's average or, you know, I'm not really a fan of it. I'm sure there's those people out there, which is fine. Totally, totally fine. It's all based on perspective. But I think a lot of people who and I'll throw ourselves in this kind of ring, but um, a lot of people who talk Star Wars on a regular basis who really, really put themselves inside the Star Wars fan base are very appreciative of the show because it's so different from what we've gotten in Star Wars before. Um, It's very Rogue One-esque, obviously, and Rogue One Too Many is considered the best of the Disney era films. You know, it's all based on subjective, but... Most of the time, majority of people that I talk to have it as either number one or number two. It's one or the other. Um, And this kind of being set in the same little vein, 
uh, it adds strength to people going in and being like, Oh, I'm really going to like this. Or, you know, this is different. This is unique. This isn't lightsabers. This isn't diving into lore. People who have never watched Star Wars before can watch this and have such a new perspective on it and not have to watch something prior. Um, which I think is a, is a huge plus for this because it's like turning on any other spy thriller or basic cable network show with, without having to have a prequel before it, you turn it on and you're jumped into a brand new story that requires nothing of you. And I think that's why it has such a huge success rate right now is because it's connected, but it's also not connected. Like the only major connection, of course there's characters we've met before, but the only major connection to anything Star Wars is Cassian. Like Mon's been in some stuff, but for very few minutes, uh, we had Saw Gerrera, but he was in this for a very small time. Like, there's things, but the only real connection is Cassian. And it's not for years down the road. Um, and even so him, you don't to it. need to necessarily know who he is to understand this show. No, you don't. Not at all. And it's it's a total fresh or blank slate for people who, you know, maybe were getting tired of Star Wars or were kind of annoyed with the direction they were going, or maybe just didn't weren't a fan of it at all. Um, you can go in and watch, and you can decide whether you like it or not, but it's so different. It's so unique compared to what all of the other Star Wars stuff is happening. Like, think of it this way. I don't know the exact timeline of shows that's happening, but the next three shows that we're getting are Mandalorian, which is very heavily involved in Star Wars lore post-Return of the Jedi, Ahsoka, which is a clear sequel to Rebels and the Acolyte, which is all force stuff. So stuff that we've had for decades in Star Wars and or is a complete outlier to all of that. Yeah, It's just completely different to everything that is coming down the pipeline for Star Wars television on top of, I mean, we don't know what the Star Wars movies are like because um, those are pretty much like I'm just in our minds on a back burner right now. But Andor is a total which outlier. Is fine if you're putting out coming. stuff like this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Bad Batch is next. Thank you, Andy. So, including the animation stuff. So, bad, again, it, Bad Batch is it like, next. Did they put out? Yeah, a it comes date? out. It, sound... it comes out this month. Does it really? Oh uh, no, maybe January. It might be January. Yeah, because I I saw Mandalorian. Sorry, Tales of the Jedi, and then ba- so I, I think Bad Batch is January. I'm pretty sure no. it's January. Yeah. Um, but again, like Bad Batch, that's going to connect to stuff that we've known, right? Like a very heavily connected the Clone Wars. And that show is going to bring in characters that we've met past and future um, because that's just that's And that's okay. That's what those shows do. But Andor set out for one thing and one thing only to be different. And it's doing it. Yeah. It is doing it on a totally different scale. Um, and it's enjoyable to honestly, like we're, look, we're all big star Wars fans. Like I love star Wars. It's been my life for a very long time. A part of my life anyway, but it really is refreshing going in each week, not having to worry about talking about force, like force abilities or, you know, oh, well, that character was actually here at this point or, you know, contradicting a book or a comic or whatever it is. Like I'm going in enjoying a show without having to worry about stuff on the outside. And it really is enjoyable because as much as I love connecting the dots or, you know, putting string from one point to another with the Star Wars timeline, I also really like when I can sit back and not have to worry about anything but the show. And that's what Andor is doing right now. Like there's some small connections. Of course, there's things that we're going to talk about, but I really, really 
love the fact that the show is on an island and that's all I have to focus on. I agree. A hundred percent. It's yeah. The, the connectivity to just rogue one is. It's so minimal, so minimal to rogue one too. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's literally literally Cassian and saw. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the only at this point right now, the only real connections would be Mon Cassian and saw that's it. There's, I mean, that at least that I can think of right now off the top of my head. And there that it's not even that like dire of a connection like that. If yeah. you didn't, if you didn't watch rogue one, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. It does not it's, matter. Yeah. So it's, it's awesome. I would love to see like another type of show. That's just like this. Give me the acolytes like going to be like that. I hope so. Uh, give me another, like, I would love to see like a an underground like course on lower levels like show like this type thing. I think that would be kind of I want to cool. I want to see a bounty hunter show is what I want to see. We have see that's what I was thinking too, but it, we kind of already do have Andy, bounty. we get it. Melshi is part of it too. Yes, we we apologize for not mentioning him again. Melshi, okay, no one no casual friend gives a about okay, but Star Star Wars fans and and Andy did say it earlier. He leads troops on the ground on Scarif, not really a nobody. We understand. No one walked it. out of Rogue One going, "Oh no, Melshi!" Like, yeah, we're we're we know that he's included. We're just saying overall to the overall story, like, yeah. like if Melshi, if he and Andor didn't meet Melshi in the prison, someone else would have been in Melshi's place in Rogue One. It wouldn't have just been Melshi. So. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, look, it's, I, in to, to what you were talking about, Brian, as far as like, you hope you see something else. Um, I think the acolyte's going to be a big part of that. I think, you know, it might connect a little bit to something like the high Republic and the comics, but it's not going to connect too much because you can't have the average fan wondering what the hell everything means. If it's connecting to a comic book, you can't like it's said, I, well, no, no, no. It's going to be the thing part of me that thinks that this show is our first dip into Darth Plagueis. No, well, and that's fine. But like, it's not going to connect to a point where you have to know that it's going to connect for the casual fan and the hardcore fan. Like, it's not going to be one of those things where they say or do something and you have to know it from a previous comic book or book. They're going to say or do something that will be recognizable for the hardcore fans but won't ultimately matter for the casual fans because the story overall is going to be mattering for them. Not like that Easter egg or that little head nod or whatever it may be. Um, You know, I I like, I mentioned, I would love to see some type of bounty hunter show. That'd be great. Uh, I think it's, that's what, that's what Boba Fett should have been. I love Boba Fett. I love the character. I always will, but that's what Boba Fett should have been. It should have been a story about the bounty hunters instead of just on Tatooine with Boba. Um, I think eventually we will get that. I think when we're all said and done with characters like Ahsoka, which I think she'll get her one show and then probably move on from her because her story is going to be pretty much full-fledged told at that point, except for some years here and there. Um, I think they'll start dipping their toes in some new stuff. I hope anyway. I hope that they're learning and they're, and they're taking a chance. I hope that Andor was a good push for that. I hope the Acolyte's a good push for that. Um I hope things like the Mandalorian season three is a good th- push for that because it's going to be a whole new territory for that character. 
you know, Mandalore, Bo-Katan, all that lore with all of those new characters and everything. Um, so crossing our fingers, I, I think I think it's a bright future. I just don't know when it's going to happen, when that future takes place. But I do think one day we will have an opportunity to see something that isn't connected. Right. And I, I, I'll, I'll keep saying it, but Dr. Afro doesn't have to be connected. We'll see characters, but doesn't have to be connected to anything. Just saying. I, I, I'm starting to really think that Disney's starting to like get their ish together with Star Wars. Like they, they clear. Only I feel years. like I take the 10 years, then never getting it. But, oh, I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, and we've gotten some really good things in 10 years, but like, yeah, it's now time to push that like boundary of where we've been at this way. Like it, I it mean, needs to go this way. I heard the report of them saying that Disney is afraid to release a movie because they're like indecisive and stuff. I'm like, good, good. I'm glad that they're like that because that means they're actually sitting there thinking about what the quality of what they're putting out and how important it is. I, People are like, oh, my God, they don't know what they're doing. I'm like sitting here going, no, this is a great thing because they're they're sitting there not just pumping this stuff out. Don't just money. give us something to give us something. Yeah, I don't think you'll find any Star Wars fan, at least a real Star Wars fan that wants them to just pump it out just for the sake of pumping it out. Like, no, take your time and give us a great damn story like this show. And this you're going to get a reception like this show is getting right now. So. I just think this is a huge step in the right direction of what they're doing because I mean, even with Mandalorian, there's been episodes where I'm like, all right, that was kind of like, uh, it wasn't a great episode or whatever. There's, they're not necessarily filler episodes, but they're like side stories. Yeah. But this, it's just like this the whole entire time. Like there is no dips and dives it just is staying at this constant medium of just badassness. And if this is the formula, then they Bad-assness. need to this. Yeah. They need to stick to this. That. Go for it. Wait, I know the show is almost done, but bad assness. Hashtag. Perfect. But this show has been phenomenal and I, I never expected it to be this good. Like it's no man. I mean, the trailers gave off a certain vibe, but the show has lived up to everything that the show was, you know, said to be shown to be with trailers, uh, you know, interviews, etc. It's been kicking strong for nine weeks, and it has three weeks left. And it's, I have no doubt, it's going to end with three absolute bangers. Um, Next episode is going to be a wrap up of like this current little arc. And then we have a two, basically a two part finale with episode 11 and 12, which is going to be very exciting. They're just going to um, leave us on this, like wanting more of the last episode. Cause you know, you're getting a second season that you already know they're going to leave you on a like, oh, like cliffhanger type. Uh, I mean, I, I hope not a cliffhanger, a little, but a I hope it's a little bit of one, but I do hope that we kind of wrap up this story. Cause we know that next season is a bunch of time jumps happening. It's it's very House of Dragony where they're jumping a couple years every couple episodes, um, which I'm okay with. Like I I love the idea of it, but I I do hope that maybe it's like I don't know. The ending is him like officially signing on to be a rebel and and like he pushes forward into something. I don't know, but we'll talk about that once episode episode eleven comes. Um, 
Brian, any final thoughts on Andor before we uh, head out of here today? Uh, now, other than just I'm still loving Mon's story, Vel being the cousin. Oh, we didn't even talk about Mon Mothma at all. Let's talk about Mon Mothma really quick, really quick. Okay. Uh, just for like a couple minutes here. Um, Vel is her sister. That's kind of a big cousin. Deal. Cousin, sorry, cousin. cousin, sorry, cousin. Yeah. yeah, you're right, cousin, not sister. Sorry, cousin. Um, which ultimately does kind of make sense because they both have three lettered names. Like, should have recognized them. Um, sure. but very cool little little uh, connection there, and it makes sense as to why they're both kind of involved now. They're family members and very close family members who get called upon. Uh, one is much closer closer to Luthen than the other. Um. I love that they made that they made the choice of doing that. That's really cool. I love the fact that that's the play they did. Um, but yeah, I mean, I we didn't get a ton of Mon. We we all we really found out is that she has a cousin involved. Um, but just I'm sure you're gonna say the same thing. But her storyline is the best right now. Her, her storyline is the best right now. Yeah. Who? Someone in the chat said earlier that they wouldn't be surprised if she got a spinoff of like just like her story, like leading the rebellion. Give me it. Like if if it's this, I, I'll eat that all day because Genevieve O'Reilly is phenomenal. Yeah, as Mon Mothma, um, and yeah, it it was dope because I, I oh no, is that Val? No, like I was like oh Val 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 Val. Val sorry, excuse me, Val. wrong wrong cinematic Syllable. universe. No, I was think Val. Oh, Val. you're thinking about the Thunderbolts. Got it. <laughs> yeah, got it. Got it. Um, but. Yeah, no. And then her just being like, make sure you go back to Chandra and play the spoiled little rich girl. And you're just like, damn, if she's perceived as the like spoiled little rich girl. And then we've what we've seen of the ruthlessness, like it's yeah, it these characters. I also love this too, Brian, that they have to get a thug involved to now cover financials. Yeah, I'm curious who is very interesting. Mon Mothman was pissed that this person was talked to, so I'm curious. Well, did they mention they mentioned a name, right? Didn't they? Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, they said. But what I'm saying is, it can't be anybody that we know because they mentioned a name that just it's a random thug on Chandrilla. Yeah, it may just be it may be an actor, a surprise actor that oh, we didn't sure. expect to see. For sure. But for sure. it's it's not a name that we've known before. So I'm curious to see like because this person's clearly coming because he was like, I'm they said that they want to come to you. And it's like, oh, OK, I love that. I love that a high. A high value senator is going to be dining with a Chandril and the mob. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 very poetic, right? Because it, it kind of like we've seen it plenty of times in not just film, but also in real life. Like that's what happens is behind the scenes, thugs kind of bankroll high end people. Mm-hmm. And one of the stories that we've seen a lot or not a lot, but in recent that I can think of immediately is Daredevil with Kingpin, how he was bankrolling half yeah. of New York City in Daredevil and then Daredevil had to take him down. Um, now we're kind of on the flip side where we're rooting for this person, but she's going to be bankrolled by someone bad, um, which is going to be very interesting. I love that dynamic. I'm super excited to see it go down. Um, I'm terrified of last Jedi when DJ's like showing the, 
oh, these people fund the war and it shows the, oh, the rebel the TIE fighter. And, and then, yeah. and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you see an X-Wing, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So this is, it's yeah. going to be fun. It's definitely going to be fun. Um, as Andy says in her own home too. He, yeah. He's, he's going to be coming to her apartment. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe we get that, that we get another dinner scene, which is going to be very exciting. Um, expect tensions to be high. The daughter. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about them a little bit more once we get them. I'm sure we'll get more of them next week. Oh, yeah. They're um, going to screw some things up. It's just you're just waiting for that. Yeah. He's he's just as a uh, as Stylin Moose says in the chat, he's a real weenie. Aaron's a real <laughs> he's, weenie. He's the worst. Yeah, he's an absolute a-hole. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, we'll, we'll talk much more on Mon Mothma next week because it seems like her story is going to be a big, big play next week. Uh, what if it's, big- it's what if it's just the whole episode is just a prison break? See, like so down, so oh. down. so <laughs> down. Be... Give me forty minutes of a prison break. I'm so down. I mean, that, that just means insane. a lot of death, but I'm so down. That'd be this very. Next episode's gonna be so good. Yeah, and we'll be live next Wednesday talking about it right here. Uh, time to be determined. It seems like five might work out pretty well for us. Get a little uh, done a little bit earlier. Five Pacific, that is. Um, I know we've been going a little bit later in the day, but five might be a solid time to look out for next week. Um, and then also, just because you are here for Star Wars, uh, Brian and I are talking currently about doing a Tales of the Jedi review. Um, we're just trying to find a day, lock down a time. Uh, we've watched them. We want to talk about them. It's just about finding the time to do so. So uh, we'll keep you guys updated on a Tales of the Jedi. Uh, hopefully getting it out here in the next couple of days, sometime this week, which will be really fun. Um Oh hello! Oh 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 okay. Shut the shut the shut the chrome down. Why don't you? Um, but yeah. All right, guys. Well, there it is. The Fandalorian Club this week. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, Brian. Thank you as always for hanging out with me on mm-hmm. Fando. Uh, everyone in the chat: uh, Gordon, Curtis, Andy, Stylin Moose, Vapion, John Pedro. Uh, we appreciate you guys. We hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Apocalypse will be back next Tuesday for Apocalypse Now. 7 o'clock Pacific right here on this channel. So for Brian and I, we thank you again, and we'll catch you guys next time.